Would you stay with the truth?
God's been good to you. Can I get a witness? You don't have to worry. Don't you be afraid. Joy comes.
worship team if you can make your way to the stage. So if we can stand up this morning, 
And if we can get ready to just deny ourselves and give up our lives and give up ourselves this morning. Because I know some of us come, came in this building this morning struggling. Struggling with a pain. Struggling with a hurt. And we want healed. We want change. We want new order. We want something different in our lives. We want set free. We want to be made new, right? We didn't come here to church today just to sit here. We came to church to gain something, right? To gain something different in our lives. So I'm asking you guys to come completely empty so that you guys can gain something today. So that you guys can be filled up with something that will change your lives. I'm not only saying that just to say it, I'm saying it because I went through it. There have been a lot of things God that got me through in my life that I know that he can get you through in your life, right? We just got to talk to one another. Some of us are struggling with the same thing. I want to get to know you all, but I can't walk around and talk to every single one of you. So I'm going to let you guys know right now, hi, my name is Trey, and I would love to know you guys all at some point or some way and get to know you because my life has been changed by Jesus Christ. Amen. And I know that what, what I may tell you, may you, you may be changed by Christ, right? So that's all I want from you guys. So if we can get ready to give our Jesus Christ a shout of praise. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much, so much for what you're going to do in this church today, Father. I thank you so much for what you're going to do in our lives today. So, Father, empty us this morning so that we can gain what you have. We want to be made new. We want to be changed. We want to be completely changed, Father. And we're ready to step into what you have for us, Lord. So, Father, fill us, fill us up this morning as we get ready to give you praise and honor. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Jesus, you're the 
so much for this time to just be here, just to honor you, Lord. And Ashley, can we give a shout out to these youth kids who came up and yes. worship and not being afraid to step out and step up and not being afraid to step out and step up. Some of us won't even come up here because we're afraid to step out and step up, right? Some of us won't even step foot on this stage because we're afraid. Yes, yes. And most of the time we're afraid of what's going to happen to us because we're going to be changed. We're afraid of what we're going to step into. We're afraid what God is going to do for us. We're afraid to accept that he's going to do something victorious for us because come we've been on, on survival on. mode for so long. Come on. Some of us have been struggling for so long and dealing with our struggles for so long that we're afraid to let anybody to come in and help. Because maybe that one time you let somebody help and they ruined it, right? Or that one time you let somebody in and they done told everybody about your business and about your problems, right? But there's one person who wants to restore your problem. Yes. There's one person who wants to know your business, yes. but not tell your business, yes. but make a change so that you can be in the vision yes. of Christ, right? Come on, come on. His name is Jesus Christ. And I just thank him so much for just being here today and being in this church. So dear Heavenly Father, as we continue to serve this Lord, continue to make these people empty, Lord, and allow them to get ready to receive. Receive what, you, what you're about to preach and teach this morning, Lord. Allow them to be open and be ready to change. Father, I put a special protection upon these kids this morning as they get ready to learn your word, hear your word, Lord. Father, protect them. Father, protect them. Take care of the teachers who are teaching them, Lord. Give them the strength to teach. Give them the patience to understand that these kids may not, may, may be going through some things, Lord. So let them understand that through you, Lord, all things are possible. So fill them up, Lord, as they get ready to hear your word. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Can we give our Jesus a round of applause and a shout of praise? Great to be it. Am I on? Am I muted? Let's do the unmute. All right. Good. So good to be in the house of the Lord. So good to see uh, new friends and old friends. Good to see you guys all today. We're going to take uh, today's offering. And one of the things we, we talk about is that, you know, one of the ways for God to be able to bless our finances is we put him first. So Matthew 6 has a whole long diatribe in the Sermon on the Mount that talks about you know, what are you worried about? Why do you worry about, you know, what you wear, what you eat? If you put the kingdom of God first, if you put the things of God first, then everything will be added to you. And that's kind of the process, but we kind of invert the process a little bit. We say, well, once I get everything taken care of for me, then I'll be able to start giving to, I'll be able to start giving to God's work. And that's the way that our mind thinks. But when we do that, we're not hooking our work into the things of God. I can remember um, my daughter, like, you know, just, you know, as, as a little girl, you know, and we never told her to, like, she would just see us, but she would get like $10, you know, $20 and a birthday card, or my dad would give her money or whatever, and she'd be like, wait, how much do I got to give now? Do I got to give a dollar? Do I got to give $2, right? And it wasn't much, but she was learning that, hey, like, when God puts something in my hand, like, I'm going to take some of that, I'm going to put it back into the church. 
And there's a passage um, from the book of um, Haggai, and it was a time where um, the, the Jewish people were coming back, their temple had been destroyed, and they were in the midst of going back and rebuilding the temple, but they kind of had hit a pause, and they said, you know what, we have to go back and we have to build our own houses before we build the temple back, and, and back then it was even more essential because, you know, that temple was where they would make sacrifices. That's where the presence of God was at. But they said, you know what, we'll get to that once we get to our place. So it sends the prophet with a word. Um, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You've sown much and you bring in little. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put them in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and fill the temple, that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins, well, every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew, and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land and the mountains, and on the grain and the new wine and the oil, on whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock, and at all the labor of your hands. So because they put God last and put themselves first, God's like, well, all right, I'm not going to bless your earnings. It's like you're getting money, but you're putting it in a bag with holes. And we can feel like that sometimes where we're working and we're trying to make money and it seems like we never have enough money. And what we need to do is we need to link ourselves up to the work of God. We need to link our work with the work of God. And as we do that, God says, I will bless the work of your hands. I'll provide for all of your needs through his riches and glory, right, through inflation, through whatever else comes our way in this world. If we link our, our finances up to God and make ourselves in a blessable place, then we'll never have to worry about it because God will take care of every single one of our needs. Amen? But we put him first, and then everything will be added to us. Lord, we just thank you for, thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, and I, I pray especially for those who struggle uh, in this area of finances. Lord, I pray according to your word. Your, your word says, test, test me in this, Lord. So I pray that, that they would just, something would rise up in them and they would, they, they would, they would put you to the test, Lord. And that um, as they sow a seed, Lord, according to, to your word, Lord, I pray that you would bless them, that you would multiply it, that you would provide for every one of their needs through your riches and glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as the guys go around, there's just a couple different things that I want to talk about before we get into uh, today's word. Um, first of all, um, before anything, I just, you guys who were here last week, you guys who gave, uh, you know, as Janet kind of got everybody mafia style for Pastor's Appreciation Day, <laughs> um, I, I, Honestly, uh, I thank you guys so much uh, from the bottom of my heart, you know, and then you know, staying over and, and having the meal afterwards. It's so nice sometimes because I feel like I don't always get to connect with everybody the way that I want to. And, 
you know, sometimes it's like, you know, there, there's just, it's like your guard lets down when you're just sitting there eating chicken with somebody, right? You know, it's just, so I, I really appreciated the, the people who gave, the people who made the food. I mean, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. Um, it, this is the best church, not because I'm the pastor, but because you guys are here. So, you know, um, and that's the truth. Um, um, there, there is a sign-up sheet. Um, a couple people have been asking my wife about, like, New Hope hoodies, right? It's getting cold, so hooded sweatshirts. So um, what we need to do is there's a sign-up sheet in the back. You can just put your name for now if you want one, uh, what uh, size you need. And we just need a minimum order of, like, 15 and then once we get 15 people that want them, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll order a, a new batch and we can kind of collect the money um, then. So if you're interested in that, if you, if you want a New Hope hoodie, you go in the back and just put your name on that, um, that sign-up sheet. Um, please keep our brother uh, Kirk, uh, Ebal, keep him in prayer. Uh, you know, we love him and miss him. Um, you know, if you don't know, you know, Kirk was... The older guy, he's 80 years old, he used to greet people at the door and, um, you know, he really loved coming to church and, you know, he's been experiencing some health issues and it really uh, bothers him not to be able to come to church. So uh, keep Kirk Ebal um, in your prayers. And um, there's another thing that you probably have seen in your bulletin that there's going to be a, a freedom conference here. Um, at New Hope at the end of October. It's on a Friday night and a Saturday night. And that's through Set Free Ministries uh, with our friend uh, Kevin Reardon, who's uh, an evangelist. And um, we're hosting that. So that's not a New Hope event. We're hosting that event. So there is a registration for that. Um, I can kind of tell you it's, it's meant to be like an intensive of worship and uh, helping people get free. Um, he did give me a, a list of the things that will be talked about. So there's worship, there's prayer, uh, there's an empowerment. Um, and really, you know, if you feel like you've kind of just struggled with things, um, this is a good weekend. Um, Friday night session is going to be freedom from trauma. Saturday morning is going to be freedom from witchcraft. Saturday afternoon is freedom from accusations. And Saturday night will be freedom from rejection. And so it's meant to, uh, you know, set you free in these areas of your life. So it's meant to be an immersion. Um, so you have to register at Set Free Weekends. Uh, the, the exact website is on, um, should be on your bulletin. Um, there is a charge for that. It is $40. That money goes to provide lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for Saturday and also um, their uh, his ministry is making an offering to use the church. And so kind of as a preparatory thing for that, putting it at the end of October, like so October's kind of, right, this is the, the Halloween month, right? And it's when, you know, I, I was driving around the other day and like people got like these big skeletons like in their yard and like, you know, knives and ghouls and right, all this stuff, right? This is like kind of like the, the, you know, the, the witchcraft month, so, you know, we decided, like, why not do, like, a, you know, why not do a, a set-free conference right around Halloween, right, and then I started this series kind of on spiritual warfare, and um, 
we started uh, last week, and I kind of give a, a brief overview. This series is called Christ the Victor, and it's not going to be a, um, it's not going to explain everything about spiritual warfare, but hopefully it'll get you to where you're aware and, and you understand kind of, um, you know, the, the tricks and the schemes of the enemies, and you're not going to get caught up in his tricks and schemes, right? Because the devil and demons are real. They do attack God's people. So we do need to be aware. So if you have your Bibles, open up to John chapter 8 is where we're going to start at today. John chapter 8, uh, we're going to begin with verse 31. If you're there, say amen. We're getting there. Sometimes there's a couple people they said to me, you know, like, you know, I'm trying to flip through my Bible and, you know, by the time I, I'm still flipping through while, while you're reading. And uh, my advice is you can always use the table of contents. Table of contents tell you right where it's at. Like people think they got to flip, 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 flip. Go to table of contents. John's on this page. I go to that page. Done really quick. John 8.31, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Could we just bow our heads and pray for the message? Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name that is above every name, the name of your son Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the victory, the victory that you won at the cross, that you took the keys of, of, of hell and death, and you took them back, and you took that authority back, Lord. And I thank you that you have given us power to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, Lord. And I, I just declare freedom uh, in the name of Jesus. Your word says that you came to set the captives free, Lord. So I pray that people would be set free. They would be strengthened. They would build up. Lord, I thank you that you are building a mighty army in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know what? Real quick, before I get into this and I forget, next week, October 22nd, we are doing baby dedications. So I got a couple people um, who said they wanted to have their babies dedicated. If you are interested in that, just grab me after service uh, next week. And also October 29th. If you have not been baptized in water, if you have given your life to Jesus, but you have yet to be baptized, October 29th, we will be doing baptisms here at the church. So uh, just let me know um, if you want to be baptized um, so we can make sure we have the baptismal tank filled up, warmed up for you. And uh, we believe God's going to show up in a powerful way. So I'm talking about this area of spiritual warfare. And a lot of people, when you talk about spiritual warfare, they automatically think about this subject of casting out demons. And, you know, it can be kind of a strange subject. Um, it can be kind of freak people out, you know, a little bit. And, and you know, you're probably not going to hear about it in most, like, glitter bug you know, seeker-sensitive churches, they're not going to talk about it. But, you know, th just as the Bible talks about that, that Jesus is real and angels are real, the devil is real and, and demons are real, and they do afflict and they do attack God's people. So it, it's a necessary subject that 
that needs to be talked about. And, you know, and, and I've seen a lot of crazy things. And, you know, it seems like um, the, the hottest thing, if you're kind of follow social media, is all these people on YouTube that are deliverance ministers. So they, they call themselves deliverance ministers, and they want to be deliverance ministers. And, you know, I never really wanted to be a deliverance minister. I, I never, that's not anything that I've ever, you know, set out to do. I just wanted to follow and do the things that Jesus did. That's all I ever really wanted to do. And what did Jesus do? He preached the kingdom of God. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. So that's, that's all I really wanted to do. Jesus said that that would be a sign of, of those who believe. And, and I don't, you know, I'm not one of these people that run around looking for a demon behind every rock or, or, or think everybody's like full of demons. I just, you know, try to walk with God the best I can. I, I believe the, the Bible. I, I try to reach lost people. And inevitably... When you do that, a demon might show up. The first time I, I ever had a, like a real demonic encounter was like about 14 years ago. And there was a girl who, you know, she said she was a Christian. I assumed she was a Christian and she came up for, for prayer and um, she was crying. And so I didn't know what to pray. She couldn't talk. So I kind of just put my hand on her. I began praying in the Holy Ghost, right, because I didn't know what to pray for, and so I began praying for her. Next thing I know, boom, her eyes roll in the back of her head. She starts laughing like a complete crazy person, you know, just totally like, it's like, it just, just it's like a, a switch, you know, just got flicked, and I'm like, what the heck is this, you know what I mean, and, and so... You know, I just kind of reaction, the Holy Spirit kind of took over. I, I put my hands on her and I said, devil, come out in the name of Jesus. And she just hit the floor, but it wasn't over. Now she's gyrating. Now she's moving around, you know, on the floor. And, and honestly, I was like, okay, what do I do now, right? And, and, and there's, there's people that are in the church and, you know, the church was really small then and a you know, and I'm like, okay, like, anybody figures out what's going on, they're definitely not coming back because this is just insane, you know. And fortunately, you know, I had this, I, I had this older couple that kind of was able to take her upstairs and, and pray for her and, and, and get her set free. And, you know, and I've heard, you know, I would hear other pastors say, well, you know, you just, you just say, get out, and, and the demon got to go in the name of Jesus, and that's it because the devil knows who I am. And I'm like... Okay, well, you know, I, I realize that it's really not that simple. It's really not, not that simple because th there's reasons why somebody becomes demonized. And, and, and really, through uh, agreement, a lot of times the person has allowed that demon to come in and that gives that demon a legal right to, to be there. And what we got to do if we want to get them free is cancel that that legal right and boot that demon to the pit of hell where they belong but but since that first time I was like okay like if this ever happens again like I better be ready and I'm going to tell you there's a lot of stuff out there that you can read some of it's good most of it's not that good you know I, we want to stick with the word of God amen um, but 
I, I, I began studying and praying. I'm like, I'm not going to be caught like that, you know, again. And, you know, since then, I, I've seen things that probably if I told you, you wouldn't believe. And the only reason I can share them is because there were people there when, when this stuff happened. I mean, I, I remember praying for a guy one time, and, and I was praying for him. And, I mean, he, he kind of jumped out of his chair, and he was on the ground, and it was a wood floor. And, I mean, he was clawing the floor, like, so hard. He was, like, scratching the paint off the, off the wooden floor. I mean, you got to scratch, like, really, really hard. I, we, we, had a, we had a witch one time run into our youth group. I mean, just crazy stuff. I mean... Somebody called the cops, and the cops came, and I witnessed, like, this little woman, like, totally speak in a man's voice, right, in front of the cops, right? The cops are all there. They're just kind of looking at me, like, what's going on? Like, no wonder they call it, like, that church, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, only me, only here, right? You know, it's like, so, so you see these things, um, and, you know, I, I had one time, one lady asked, her and her husband came to, you know, can you pray for me, and... I began praying for, and I mean, she just began screaming, like, I'm like, okay, somebody's definitely calling the cops, because they're going to think I'm murdering somebody in here, and right as we do it, like, I, I forgot, like, it was like youth group night, too, and like, I'm like sitting there, like, and I'm looking out the door, and like, I see all the youth kids run, and I'm like, I wonder what the heck they're thinking, you know what I mean? But it, it, it's like, I, I mean, I've had demons talk to me through other people, uh, I mean, I've witnessed people, you know, you'd pray for them and their whole body would begin vibrating as they were trying to get free. I mean, crazy, crazy stuff that I've seen, you know, in a period of, you know, whatever, 12, 13 years, how long I've been here. But, but most of the time, you know, demonic activity, it, it's not all that crazy. It, it doesn't have to have these, these crazy manifestations and, you know, the, the part that we usually don't recognize as demonic is a lot of times we just watch people that are stuck in the same rut and they're just going around in the same self-destructive patterns just again and again and again did you ever ask like you're you're with somebody and you're like I can't believe that they did that again like I can't believe that they would do the same thing again after they knew what pain it would cause them what what, you know, what pain it would cause their family, how bad it would hurt them. Like, like you just see them going around in the safe, same self-destructive pattern. So when I see kind of like a cycle, like a very self-destructive like cycle where they just keep going and doing the same thing, keep going the same thing, sometimes my eyes are open that, you know, we're dealing with a demonic stronghold. And before I get into that and, and kind of what that is, there's a big question that's really debated um, in Christian circles. And what they'll say is, can a Christian have a demon? That's the big question, right? That's the big debate. And some people will say, you know what, absolutely not. You know, you get saved, that you know, that there's no way. And other people think like everybody has demons and you got to get 25 demons cast out of you every day and... You know, and, and so, like, I, I reject both of those extreme views, right? I, I think they're both, uh, both extreme, and, and a Christian cannot, like, the, the question is usually asked, can a Christian be possessed? And so, 
when you talk about like somebody being possessed, you, you think about like the stuff in the movies. You know what I mean? Like the exorcist, somebody's head spinning around, puking green, you know, all over the priest or whatever, you know, like, like so like a Christian cannot be possessed in the sense that they like they're not in control of any of their faculties. But the Bible doesn't really use the term possession, so it's kind of like the wrong term. Like what what the word is 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 demonized. And what it really means is to be under the influence or the power of a demon. So I do think that people who are Christians can allow themselves to be under the influence or the power of a demon. But it's not like catching a cold. It's not like, you know, you just show up somewhere and you're walking by and like somebody has a demon and they sneeze on you and you're like, dang, man, I knew I, I, knew I should have stayed away from Sally, man. She got a demon, now I got one too. You know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. I want you to, if you, you know, all of us are, are pretty familiar with the creation narrative. So I want you to think about Adam and Eve, right? So Adam and Eve, they're in a Garden of Eden. They're in this perfect environment. They're, they're fellowshipping with God on a regular basis. They don't have any sin. There's, there's no sin. That their fellowship's unbroken. But here comes Satan, right, in the form of a serpent. And begins to talk to Eve. Begins to place doubt in her mind of what God told her. Did God really say that you're going to die? God said, you eat off, you eat from that tree, you're going to die. Satan comes up, ah, you're not really going to die. He didn't really say that you're going to die. You'll be just like him, right? It, it just comes in, just starts planting these, these suggestions. And they were in a perfect environment. And, you know, the next thing you know, like, all of a sudden, like, Eve's kind of doubting the word of God. And, and before that, Adam and Eve were given dominion. Specifically, the Bible says they were given dominion over the whole earth and over every creeping thing. So it was up to Eve to say, no, that is what God said. I rebuke you. Get out of here, Satan. Or to Adam to say, get away from my wife. But they didn't. Right? They, they didn't. They, 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 they allowed the words of Satan to come forth and, and, and influence them. And they agreed with them. They aligned with, with, with the words of the devil. And then that caused them to commit an action that was trespassed against God. And it brought sin and death into the world. What happened? They were influenced by Satan. See, the devil is the father of all lies. He is called the deceiver. And, and what happens is he puts a thought in your head that is counter to the word of God. That's a lot what we talked about last week. He puts a thought in your head that is counter to the word of God. And listen, if we're on our A game, then we recognize that. You know what? That's not from God. Get out of my head. Right? Get behind me, Satan, all that. Right? You get a thought in your head, it, it kind, you kind of boot it out, and you reject it. But sometimes what happens is a thought comes in somebody's head, they don't realize that it's been there by the devil, because we don't see us the spirit world around us. We see the physical. We see in one dimension. But there's a whole other dimension called the spirit world, and these thoughts that you have in your mind, these negative thoughts, they're not just coming from you. A lot of times they're put in your head by 
the devil, just in the same way that Adam and Eve were tempted. And if we don't reject it, what happens is we come into agreement with it. Well, you know what? Maybe I am no good. Maybe God doesn't really love me. You know, maybe it's not worth it. I should just go drink. I should just go get high. Who cares? You know, nobody loves me anyway. Nobody cares about me anyway. There's thoughts put in your mind, and, you know, you can recognize it, that it's not in alignment with God's word, but people will say, yeah, you know what, that makes sense to me. And you come into agreement, and when you come into agreement with that lie, then what happens is the devil brings, builds a stronghold, not in your spirit, but in your mind. There's a stronghold in your mind. The, the word stronghold in, in the Aramaic language re, means a rebellious castle. It's like the devil builds a forward operating base in your mind where he can begin to wreak havoc and, and torment, torment you. But how many of you know that if you're in Christ, that, that does not have to be your lot in life? You have not been called out of the darkness to walk back in that same bondage. God called you to be free. He called you to be healthy. He called you to be whole. He called you to have a sound mind. He called you to be self-controlled. And if you're aware of the enemy's devices, his schemes and strategy, then you can build a stronghold, not uh, of the devil, but you can build a stronghold of God that no enemy attack can ever penetrate. But you have to understand so that it doesn't happen to you. So that's my goal today, to, to help you to understand the attacks of the enemy and to tell you how you can build a, a stronghold of God instead of allowing the devil to bring a, build a stronghold. So the, the Bible gives us tremendous insight in this concept of strongholds in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10 in verses 3 to 6, and so that's what we're going to read uh, together. So 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 6. The Bible says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. This is the reason that you need to understand spiritual warfare. Because there's going to be things that doctors can't figure out. There's going to be things that your life coach can't help you with. There's going to be things that a psychologist doesn't understand. There's going to be things that, that medicine won't fix. There's sometimes there's problems that are spiritual in nature. And spiritual problems have to be solved by spiritual means. You can't have a spiritual problem and attack it from the things of the flesh or else you'll never solve the problem. Verse 4 says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So we've been empowered in the spiritual realm with, with weapons to dismantle and destroy demonic strongholds we have weapons like prayer we have weapons like praise like what do you think we're doing we're not just singing along this isn't karaoke sunday morning like christian style 
right? We, we're, we're worshiping God. We're making God our, our object of worship. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So we're joining together in unison, joining with the heavenly choirs, joining with what heaven does. And guess what? That creates an environment, a spiritual environment, where God rules and the devil gets very uncomfortable in those situations. So we have these things. We have prayer. We have praise and worship, right? Fasting. But, but the most powerful weapon when it comes to demolishing strongholds is always going to be God's word. Remember my opening scripture. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. This book is truth. This is truth. When you know the truth, then you'll be free. It is possible that you could give your life to Christ, you'd be forgiven, you're on your way to heaven, but you're not free because you don't really know the truth. The next verse tells us what a stronghold is. Verse 5. It says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. A stronghold is an opinion. It's, it's a philosophy that is counter to the word of God. The word of, of, of argument in the original language is where we get our word logic from. So it's, it's a system of reasoning and logic that sets itself against the word of God. Worldly logic, right? Demonic logic. I, I remember we had a, a friend that we went to school with, and, you know, she knew that I'd given my life to the Lord. Trust me, nobody in high school saw that one coming. But they knew that I, I gave my life to the Lord and, and that I had become a pastor. And, and she told my wife, you know, like, once you get educated, you know, you really won't believe any of that. Never, never mind the fact that, like, all our Ivy League colleges, like Harvard and Yale, like, were established by Christians, right? And, and, but, but what happened is she developed a, a logic and a reasoning that said, well, because I'm highly educated, whatever in the world that means, because I'm highly educated, I can't believe the things of God. And that, that logic, that, that reasoning, that opinion, if she doesn't repent, will send her straight to hell. So a stronghold is a mind state. And, and that's why, you know, and that's why people are confused about, you know, can Christians be under the, the influence of of demons and, and people will reason rightly well you have the holy spirit in you and yeah a, a, a demon can't you can't have a demon in your spirit but if we're if we're a spirit soul and a body then the demonic influence is in your soul which is really your mind your will and your emotions so it, a stronghold is this mind state that opposes itself against god and then because of that, it messes up your emotions, it messes up your reasoning. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a bad place. I can remember that one time we were doing a, a Bible study years and years ago. It was a really small group, and we were talking about unforgiveness. And this one, you know, particular woman, man, she was through, she was through a lot, you know, in her life. 
And we were talking about how essential it was to, to go through and, and forgive people who, who have hurt you and, and things like that. And, and I can remember like her just getting angry and like looking at me. It's like, I know what the Bible says, but you don't know what I've been through. I can't forgive. And so what she decided is that even though the Bible tells us that we need to forgive as we are forgiven, she decided that she was going to be the exception to the rule. She, she doesn't have to forgive. So she comes against what the Word says, and because she comes against what the Word says, the Word says that we need to forgive. Now, you can struggle with that. You can have a hard time. You can ask God to give you the grace. I know that when Trey got shot, it took me like a year to like, Lord, you, I know that your word says that I'm supposed to forgive somebody, but I mean like he shot like my son-in-law like right in front of me, like this is hard, like I want to, I want to be free. And so, you know, but, but I wasn't saying, well, I'll never forgive him. You know, I was saying, Lord, I need help. I need grace in this area and that's okay. But she was just like, I'm not going to forgive him. So because she basically decided that she didn't need to, what happens? She's going to come into agreement with the devil who says, no, you don't have to forgive. Hold that grudge. Hold that bitterness. And basically because she's holding on to that unforgiveness, it allows the enemy to build a stronghold that will influence and will torment her. This is what happened to Adam and Eve, right? Eve was deceived and did what was contrary to God's word. I can remember another person. I mean, he has a, ha, had a, a bad drinking problem. And, you know, I, I, like he would kind of go, like all these disasters would happen, all this bad stuff would happen. And I would say to him, like, why, why do you do this? Well, you know, it's like, because I, I just can't forgive myself for what I did to my family. I said, but do you believe that God's forgiven you? Well, yeah, but I can't forgive myself. Right? Well, what's, what does the Bible say? You know, Paul said that, that this one thing I do, I forget those things that are behind, and I press forward, look into the high mark to apprehend those things that Christ had apprehended for me. Like the Apostle Paul, like, he killed Christians. He persecuted Christians when he was a Jew. He had to let it go. God died so that he could be forgiven. But what he was saying is like, I don't care that, that, that the Bible tells me to forget the past. I don't care that God forgives me. I'm going to decide to not forgive myself. And basically what happens is the enemy is able to build a stronghold where can torment him and because of that he continues to go back to drinking and back to a destructive cycle it's a stronghold so how then shall we live the the second part of that passage it says that i bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of christ that passage is the key to it all when we talk about spiritual warfare this is where we are an active participant to purge our mind of the thoughts that are not of God. It's a discipline to purge our minds of the things that aren't of God 
so that they don't rattle around in our mind and we don't have, come into agreement with them. Every thought that comes in our mind, we take it captivity to the obedience of Christ. Is this a God thought? Is this something that the devil's whispering in my ear? Do I know what God says about me? This is what God says about me. This is what the devil says about me. What's going on here? And when I know that it's something that, that, that is not in line with God's word, i got to take that thought captive and say, no, you, you don't get to stay here. You don't get to bounce around in my mind. And you don't get to play games with me. Verse 6, being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now it's kind of confusing the way that that passage is, is worded, but, but basically what it's saying is that when we're submitted to the Word of God, when we're walking into obedience to what it says here, then we are prepared to wage warfare and we will win every single time. Right? This is like it says in the book of James. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Number one, I submit to God. I submit my life to God. I submit my life to, to God's word. And then I resist the devil, and guess what? The devil has to flee. And really, we just follow Jesus' example. How did Jesus withstand the attack from the devil? And I'm not going to go there. I mean, you guys can go there and, and read it um, at, at another time. But in Luke 4 and Matthew 4, it gives this account of Jesus with his temptation in the wilderness. What was the temptation? I mean, there were different kinds and different aspects, and people will, will break it up. But really, the temptation was to doubt God's word was to doubt God's character. That's the temptation every time. It, it says that the devil said to him, if you are the son of God. So, so the devil's already attacking his identity. And the devil will attack your identity. We see Jesus getting baptized. The sky opens up. This is my son who I am well pleased. God spoke that. And next Next thing you know, the devil's like, well, if you are the son of God. Well, God already said that I'm a son of God. If we're saved, we're children of God. And the devil will attack your identity. That, that, that you're loved, that you're saved, that you have been forgiven. That you have every blessing in spiritual places, that he's a good father. Right? The devil will attack that. says, if you are the son of God. Command this stone to become bread. And how does Jesus answer him? It is written. The word. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by, by, by every word of God. That's from the book of, of Deuteronomy. Again, the devil tempts him. All this authority I'll give to you. And, and their glory for it's been delivered to me. If you just worship me. And what does Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. Because it is written. You shall worship the Lord your God, and only Him you'll serve. Quoting Scripture again, it is written. This is what God's Word says, devil. Not what you say. You're, you're twisting Scripture. This is what the Word says. If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. 
again, he says, it is written. Every temptation, it is written. It is written. It is written. Satan three times tries to suggest something to counter God's word, to, to counter God's agenda. And every time Jesus replied, it is written, replied with the word. So the key to break strongholds of God in your life is knowing the word of God, confessing the word of God, standing on the word of God as the ultimate truth. Why? Because you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. But here's the problem. If you don't know the truth, then it's going to be hard for you to distinguish between a truth and a lie. And so it's going to be hard for you to get free. But see, if Satan can build a stronghold in my mind, if I come into agreement with his lie, then guess what else can happen? I can come into agreement with God's word. And I can come into agreement with what God's word says about me, what it promises me about who God is. And then guess what? I build a stronghold of God. I build a hedge. I, I build an impenetrable wall. Uh, there's a, a passage in the book of Proverbs that says, the Lord is my rock and he is my fortress. He is my deliverer. He is my God. He is my strength in whom I will trust. He is my buckler. He is the horn of my salvation. He is my high tower. When I come into agreement with the word of God, I erect a fortress of God. See, a stronghold can, can work both ways. The enemy can erect a stronghold when I agree with, with a lie, but I can erect a stronghold of God in my life when I agree with God's truth. And that's where we want to be at. So how do you build a fortress of God? Number one, you got to know the Word. I know there's a lot, you know what, I really don't like reading, I really can't read. Find a way. Find a way, find a way to read a little bit every day. It's a big book, you'll study it the rest of your life. Start now. Read a little bit each and every day. You can get the Bible in a year, you can read a chapter a day. There's a million different ways that you can read the Word. But make sure you're getting some of the Word in you each and every day. Write it out. Man, scripture sticks out to you, write it down. Begin to speak it out loud over your life. Confess it over your life. Just um, allow your mind to be renewed. And learn to think, not in terms of the world, but learn to think in accordance to God's word. And also, what else is going to help you is your brothers and sisters in Christ. That we need to be in community with one another. Because here's the thing. If you, if you kind of get some stinking thinking going in your head and you just kind of bail out and go with your worldly friends, you know, like your worldly friends probably aren't going to tell you to fight for your marriage. They'll be like, nah, girl, come out with me. We're going to drink. We're going to party. You know, he get dressed up. He don't know what he's missing. You can get a million guys, right? But if you stay armored up with your friends, even those times where you begin to think wrong, they're going to be like, no, you know what, you know, maybe you need to get with the pastor, you need to get counseling, you need to seek somebody, you need to start praying about this, you don't want to make a mistake, what about your kids, what about your family, right? 
So you need to stay. That's why the church is important. That's why community is important. That, that, that we're not just supposed to parachute in, you know, one Sunday and not see each other for a week or two weeks or however often we go to church. Like, we're supposed to be the body. We're supposed to be a family. We're supposed to be a community. And when you begin to spend time with other Christians, they'll, they'll help keep you in line with God's word. They'll believe the best for you. They'll, they'll tell you, well, you're not really thinking right. Like, I love you, but like, this is what you need to do. And they'll pray with you and they'll keep you straight. And that will keep you from getting sidetracked, right? The, the wolf always goes by the sheep that's by himself. But when we stay together in a pack, the wolf won't come, come close to you. And then there, there's, you know, pastors and leaders. You know, if you're struggling in an area, if there's something that you're doing, you need to, you need to share that with somebody. A lot of people, like they, it's like they die in silence. They're, they're struggling with this problem. They don't know how to fix it. They don't know how to solve it. But they don't tell anybody. There's people that are here for you, that, that can help you. And, and will help you and, and speak the truth to you. You have the word of God. You have your church. You have the, the, the spiritual leaders and people in authority here that can, that, that can take care of you. And if you stay in that, then you'll be in that strong tower. You'll be in that fortress of God. But, but just remember that, you know, even when Jesus gave the word to the devil, it says it wasn't over there. It said the devil came back at an opportune time. So, you know, you, you'll go through this on an ongoing basis. You have to be armored up, you have to be prayed up, and you have to know that, that, you know, the devil will come back in an opportune time. When you're tired, when you're wore out, you know, when, when your kids are acting out, right? When, so, when you're having financial, so here comes the enemy, right? Trying to, but you've got you to stay strong, you've got to stay armored up, and you've got to stay with the pack. And guess what? You, you'll be all right. You'll be in the fortress. You'll be in your high tower. You can look down and say, devil, you'll never, you'll, you'll never, you'll never get me. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to come down and I'm going to squash your head if you keep messing with me. And if you keep messing with my family. And guess what? When we get free, then we can go after some bigger strongholds. We can begin to, 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 to make war against the, the principalities and the powers, uh, which, and, and we do it not by, you know, running around and, and screaming and, and running around our town. We do it by proclaiming the gospel, by sharing the message of the kingdom and the love of Jesus Christ with, with signs and, and, and following. And, and, and when we do that, we watch people come out of bondage one person at a time. We watch people get free from drugs. We help strengthen families, we, we correct injustice, we come against cultural uh, lies and, that have become cultural norms that, that go against God's word. And, and listen, demons just feed off of garbage. So when we clean up the garbage, they don't have anything else to feed off of. And guess what? We open a door to open up the windows of heaven. And that's how we take territory for Jesus. Worship team, if you want to make your way back up to the stage. Before I, I close this service, I just want to give you the opportunity, if you never have before, to make Jesus your Lord and, and Savior. And I don't want to take it for granted that everybody here is a Christian. I hope you, 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 you are.
because that means that this relationship that we have will continue on into eternity. But I don't want to take it for granted like that, that you've, you know, maybe you've had a form of religion, you've been coming to church, but you've never had that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's truly where it all starts. That is where you get your protection. That is where, you know, you, you, you become a strong tower. You know, when I, when I talked about the, the time that that witch came into our youth group, you know, when she came in, I just began praying. I was proclaiming the name of Jesus, and she was running away. When the police came, she attacked the police. Because in the world, they had authority. But in the spirit world, I had authority. Why? Because Jesus' victory is my victory. Amen? And Jesus gave me that authority. So until you're under the blood, the devil can, can, can work a field day in your life. But once you get under the blood of Jesus Christ, you allow the word to come in and, and, and transform your mind. You don't have to worry about attack of the devil. You, you'll be strong. You'll be able to overcome You'll be free, you'll be whole, but it's a journey. It's a journey, and it starts with that one step. So uh, if I could have every head bowed and every eye closed, the Bible says that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's no exceptions to that. Uh, I, I've, I've committed sin. Everybody's committed sin, and, and because of that, the wages of sin is death. And, and we, have to, we have to face God on judgment day knowing that we transgressed the law that, that he laid out so we really have no way to make that up because we're guilty before God. But God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, that Jesus came down from heaven. He said, no, I'm not going to allow the devil to get the last word. I'm going to go down. I'm going to become a man. I'm going to dwell amongst my people. And it says that he was tempted in all ways like we were, but without sin. And then he went to the cross, died in our place for our sins, took the punishment that we should have that we should have got and then he was buried he was rose again on the third day victorious over death hell and the grave and he ascended and today he's at the right hand of the father and all you have to do is say yes i, I want to turn from my old ways and i want to make you the lord of my life if there's anybody here today if you just want to raise a hand and say i want to make jesus the lord of my life for the very first time you can do that today here, I won't belabor this. I'm in a rush to either. Anybody here in the room? God sees it. He knows your heart. Amen. Anybody else? Okay. Thank you, brother Brian. Okay. Not to embarrass me, but you guys never, never prayed to ask Jesus into your heart.
Can we give them a round of applause? I said it a million times, but you know, it never gets old. When one sinner comes to repentance, there's a party that goes on in heaven with their name on it. Amen. That's awesome. Proud of you guys. Proud of you. Proud of you. Can we stand to our feet? I, I know there's a lot of craziness going on in the world. Maybe a lot of you have questions about what's going on in Israel and where that fits kind of in Bible prophecy, and people are wondering, like, is this the end? Maybe. But you know what? No matter how crazy it gets, no matter how wild it gets, right? It says. Jesus said, when you see these things, look up, for your redemption draws nigh. And listen, you just stay with the Lord. You stay with your church. You stay with the body of Christ. You keep on with the things of God, and you don't got to worry about all that, that, that that's going to go on. Okay, if this is the end, guess what? There's a day coming where we're going to be with the Lord. And then again, it, it, it might not be. It might just be the same tribal warfare that's going on for for thousands of years, but we're called to just pray. We pray for the peace of Israel, and, and honestly, we, we need to pray for the people that are in Gaza, that are getting bombed out, that are getting, to, you know, war is an ugly thing. And so we need to pray for the peace, and we just need to stand firm on the things of God. And guess what? We'll be all right. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's worship them.
all lift our hands to heaven. I'm going to pray a prayer on you. And in the Bible, it says that, you know, when you pray this prayer, then I'll put my name on these people. What does it mean to put God's name on them? It means to be in the family of God. What does it mean when a woman gets married to a man and takes his name, right? They start a new family. God says, I'm going to put my name on these people as you pray over them. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, go out and be blessed. God, give them heaven. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.